You're listening to the Forefront Church Sermon Podcast. Forefront Church is a progressive Christian community more interested in asking good questions than having all the right answers. Thanks for listening. Hi everyone, I'm Vinita Rotman Jenkins. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I'm the teaching pastor here at Forefront Church. And it is an absolute joy to be able to welcome you to our first service of the new year. Happy New Year, happy 2022. We made it. Yes, we're virtual, it kinda sorta sucks. Um, However, we are together, Um, we are still connected. And whether we are worshiping virtually or in person, we know that we are still united. And where there is unity, there is strength. And there is strength in this new year as we move forward with all the things, all the wonderful things that God has in store for us. So happy new year. Does anyone have any new year's resolutions? If you do, go ahead and type them in chat. One of the things about New Year's resolutions, uh, be it to lose weight, to get fit, to uh, save money, to find more love, to find peace, to have a dryuary, whatever the resolutions are, I think it's great. However, it's important to recognize that if they are not attainable, um, if they're unrealistic, then they probably will not last to the end of January, right? Um, and it is important to set goals um, and resolutions are fine if they're attainable, right? So that's important to keep in mind. Um, the other thing that's unrealistic at times as it relates to a new year is that there's this phrase that says, you know, out with the old, in with the new. So out with the old year and the experiences of the past. And now we'll just move into this new year um, and forget about what happened in the previous year. But we can't, right? The reality is that a lot of our life uh, experiences that we had in 2021 just crept right along with us into 2022. Look at COVID, right? loss, uh, look at loans and toxic relationships and a host of things that have come into 2022 with us. A number of things that are just not so pleasant. Uh, but there is not just good, but great news today because not only did we usher in a new year, We are now in the season of epiphany uh, in the Christian calendar. Uh, And this season started on January 6th. And it is a season that will help us as a forefront community move forever forward as our new sermon series indicates. So this term epiphany comes from the Greek and it means a showing forth, a manifestation, revelation. 
And the season is typically marked by the wise men or the mag magi uh, or scholars who bring gifts to Jesus. And the holiday is also called the Feast of the Epiphany or Three Kings Day. However, in the particular text where these scholars are mentioned, there's actually no mention of kings. However, it may be linked to Isaiah 60 verses 3 and 6, which says, they shall bring gold and frankincense and shall proclaim the praise of the Lord. Nation shall come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. So this visit and the giving of gifts refers to the manifestation of Jesus Christ beyond Israel. This revelation was a gift for all people throughout the whole world. So as we move into our text, we will delve further into this spirit of epiphany and how the gift and light of Jesus can help lighten our load, lighten our struggles as we move forward into this new year. So our text today comes from Matthew chapter 2 verses 1 through 12 and it reads, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem village, Judah territory, this was during Herod's kingship, a band of scholars arrived in Jerusalem from the east. They asked around, where can we find and pay homage to the newborn king of the Jews? We observed a star in the eastern sky that signaled his birth. We're on pilgrimage to worship him. When word of their inquiry got to Herod, he was terrified, and not Herod alone, but most of Jerusalem as well. Herod lost no time. He gathered all the high priests and religion scholars in the city together and asked, where is the Messiah supposed to be born? They told him Bethlehem, Judah territory. The prophet Micah wrote it plainly. It's you, Bethlehem, in Judah's land, no longer bringing up the rear. From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule my people, my Israel. Herod then arranged a secret meeting with the scholars from the east. Pretending to be as devout as they were, he got them to tell him exactly when the birth announcement star appeared. Then he told them the prophecy about Bethlehem and said, go find this child, leave no stone unturned. As soon as you find him, send word and I'll join you at once in your worship. Instructed by the king, they set off. Then the star appeared again, the same star they had seen in the eastern skies. It led them on until it hovered over the place of the child. They could hardly contain themselves. They were in the right place. They had arrived at the right time. They entered the house and saw the child in the arms of Mary, his mother. Overcome, they kneeled and worshipped him. Then they opened their luggage and presented gifts, gold, frankincense, myrrh. In a dream, they were warned not to report back to Herod. So they worked out another route, left the territory without being seen, and returned to their own country. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
So after Jesus was born, there was a band of religious scholars that had come from the East to pay homage to Jesus. And this was the revelation that the gift of Jesus would be for all humankind everywhere. Now, as it relates to the number of scholars who came during that time, it could have been three, it could have been a dozen, no number is actually specified. The term magi can mean astronomer or wise men. And according to biblical scholar, Reverend Will Gaffney, grammatically speaking, not all magi need to be male, only one. Praise the Lord. So they visited Jesus sometime between uh, Jesus's birth and maybe him being about two years old. We don't necessarily know the exact time, but we do know that these astronomers followed this star to see Jesus and to be able to praise and worship the King of the Jews. Astronomers. I think it's interesting um, as it relates to astrology uh, because in my background and my faith tradition, um, there really wasn't any focus on astrology. Um, even with it being in this particular text, um, and how these individuals connected to Jesus by looking at the star and by uh, following the star and knowing the precise time. Um, I find this very fascinating um, and I find it very interesting. I have friends who um, are into astrology, who have studied astrology, and some of the things that they share with me are, are quite interesting and compelling. Um, and when I was coming up, I remember um, I had a friend who whenever um, you would ask her uh, what her sign is, and she's an Aquarius just like me. In fact, we share the same birthday. <laughs> she would always say she wouldn't answer with her sign, with her astrological sign. Um, she would say sign of the cross. <laughs> But anyway, I find it interesting, right, um, that there's not much conversation about it. But um, uh, many of our ancestors paid attention to the sky and paid attention to um, what was happening um, with the weather, with the stars. I know my great uh, grandfather, my mother shares um, that my um, maternal great grandfather used to always you know, look at the skies and make determinations um, based on what he would see. Uh, when I think about um, Harriet Tubman and how she followed the North Star, Polaris, and uh, was able to make all of those runs on the Underground Railroad and lead so many enslaved people to freedom, um, she followed the star, 
right? And this is what these scholars did in order to find Jesus. And they recognized Jesus's lordship. They recognized Jesus's deity and that Jesus was the king of the Jews. And because of their familiarity with astrology, they observed that star in the eastern sky that actually signaled Jesus's birth and they began to follow the light regardless of whatever responsibilities and priorities they may have had they chose to follow the light and according to um an associate professor of religious studies at Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, her name is Professor Kristen um, uh, Svensson. Svensson, excuse me. <laughs> um, she writes in her book, which is entitled A Most Peculiar Book, The Inherent Strangeness of the Bible. She says that looking to a star is very much in keeping with the religious tradition of this place and time of looking to the heavens, the stars, and the planets for information about the gods, wishes, and doings. And some stars or planets were identified with God. Interesting. So these scholars have come to Christ bearing gifts. Gifts of gold, which uh, symbolized kingship on earth and virtue. And then there was frankincense, which comes from the sap of trees and it's put into uh, perfume and incense uh, and it symbolizes deity. And then myrrh, which is commonly used as anointing oil or embalming oil, which is a symbol of death. Um, and Christians have interpreted this gift as a foreshadowing of Jesus's death. In Mark 15 and 23, Jesus is actually offered wine with myrrh before his crucifixion. Some say it's a painkiller. Myrrh would also be used in oil for anointing kings, which is significant given that the Magi had come looking for the king of the Jews. So <clears throat> that whole encounter was so significant. And it's something that we recognize year after year. And it's also important to think about that although it happened many years ago, there is significance and relevance for us today. So no matter what we have brought along with us into 2022, we have still entered a new year and a new season. And this season is a time of revelation. It's a time of manifestation. And just as these scholars brought gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, we have been given gifts of life an abundant life through Jesus Christ, which can fill our hearts and lives during epiphany and every day of our life. God's love is for everyone 
at all times with no ethnic or cultural limitations. Jesus's birth, death, and resurrection all symbolize the eradication of barriers. Everyone has access to Jesus Christ. All are worthy. All are forgiven. All are treasured. All are loved. This is what we stress as a community of faith at Forefront Church, particularly this year, as we prepare to celebrate a milestone anniversary, a 10-year anniversary. It's happening in October, yes. So given that we are celebrating a decade, wow, it's important for us to think about how we will each be able to use our gifts to build upon the legacy of our ancestors, those who took a bold and courageous stand for inclusion and were marginalized as a result. It's time for those of us who are new, those of us who are calling uh, forefront our home to do even more with what has already been set in motion. How can we use the gift of our time, the gift of our talent, the gift of our treasure to keep our ministry strong and flourishing? It's hard to prioritize your time and your resources when there are so many other priorities vying for our attention, particularly during these never-ending, uncertain, complicated, and unprecedented COVID times. When we're virtual one Sunday and in-person the next, What are we to do? How can we praise during the hard times? How can we give during the rough times? How can we present our gifts during challenging times? Like the scholars, it's important for us to follow the light that always leads us to Jesus. It's where we find hope, healing, renewal, restoration, joy, peace, and all that we need. There's a song that I want to close out with entitled In Return. And I pray that it ministers to you as we close out this sermon. All I had to give was a broken heart, torn apart. All I had to give was an empty hope and promises. But in return, you gave me joy that could never be told. And in return, you gave me love that was more precious than gold. So whatever you have to give, you don't have to be ashamed. Just come as you are and present it in Jesus' name. For in return of a torn life, he'll give you life abundantly and in return storm the Lord will calm the sea 
do you have to give? Thanks for listening to the Forefront Sermon Podcast. To learn more about Forefront and how we're ushering in the next 500 years of Christianity, visit ForefrontChurch.com.